today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What I thought was one of the biggest problems for Christians today, if not the biggest problem for Christians today, it would have to be biblical illiteracy. Let me say the same thing in a different way. We are sitting ducks if we don't know God's Word. You have to understand that Satan, who does know God's Word, and also knows that you do not know God's Word, he knows exactly what to do. Satan knows God's Word, and he wields it in people's lives in such a way as to destroy faith. He subtly twists it and changes it, and by this many are led astray. Today, Pastor J.D. warns of this danger and encourages you to know God's Word intimately. It's your weapon against the enemy. You're lost without it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Many a Christian is naive and will believe anything or anyone who worms their way in in this way. Oh, I mean, they're so unsuspecting. In fact, one of the red flags is that they're just so enveloping. There's something about their, their personality. Hey, watch out. They have an agenda. Their intentions are malicious and nefarious. And they have spotted you as their victim. And the question is, do you spot them as the perpetrator? This is how you can. This is how you can. They seek to, and this again is in Acts 20. I would really encourage you to spend some time in Acts 20. Paul talks about how that you can spot these guys because they're always recruiting and drawing disciples unto themselves, not Jesus. It's manipulative. They prey on and they want to have control over. And when they see that you're vulnerable, then they draw you unto themselves. Disciples after themselves. And then they wield that control in your life. These are men with corrupt minds and evil motives. And we would do well to have discernment to know them when we see them. Second one, verse 7. This is interesting. Paul says they're always learning, but have no knowledge of the truth. Now, there's some discussion about whether or not this is referring to the perpetrator, the one with the corrupt and depraved mind, or is it talking about the victim, the vulnerable and gullible victim? I would suggest that it's not really necessarily an either-or proposition, but perhaps both, and I'll explain why I say that. On the side of the perpetrator, yes, they always come off this way. They always come in this way 
like they really know what they're talking about. That's part of the, the whole plan, if I can say it like that. And on the part of the, the victim, I hate to use that word, it's been hijacked. Sorry to use hijacked, I shouldn't use that word either, but <laughs> uh, the victims of these perpetrators, this can apply too as well. Because they don't have the knowledge of the truth, which is what makes them vulnerable to begin with. Hang in there with me. This is actually where I'm going with this one. So let's get back to the perpetrator. They lace the truth with just enough deception, so it sounds right. Kind of like what the serpent did to Eve in the garden. You know, Satan can quote Scripture better than you, right? You know that, right? He knows Scripture better than you and I do. So what he does is he, he quotes it ever so subtly. <laughs> Sorry for the effects, but you get the point, right? So it sounds right. I think of Eve, because God never said, don't touch it. The serpent did. Half God said. And here's Eve. God said, we're not supposed to eat from this tree, nor are we supposed to touch it. Wait a minute, that's not what God's, God's Word said. You've just fell prey to the deceit of the enemy, who has laced just enough deception in with the truth to make it sound right. And so you believe it. Here's where I'm going. And if you were to ask me what I thought was one of the biggest problems for Christians today, if not the biggest problem for Christians today, it would have to be biblical illiteracy. Let me say the same thing in a different way. We are sitting ducks if we don't know God's Word. You have to understand that Satan, who does know God's Word, and also knows that you do not know God's Word, he knows exactly what to do. And the description we have of him stalking his prey like a lion, very patiently waiting for the optimum time to attack. Oh, they're discouraged. They're alone. They're isolated. They're down. They're tired. They're disappointed. I mean, I can go on with the list. I don't have to, right? Now's the time. And he pounces. And he's got you. And then I think of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians. We, we talk about it all the time. Well-known passage, the spiritual armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth that holds everything together, by the way, the shoes of peace, the sword of uh, the Spirit, and the shield of faith. And after you put on, metaphorically, this spiritual armor, what does Paul say? Now, stand. Stand. Firm. So here comes the enemy. Oh, how you doing? 
I see you're a little bit discouraged today. Yeah. Didn't turn out as you hoped it would. Yeah. Hmm. Hath God said? Now here you are. Uh You know what just happened? He has planted a seed of doubt in a biblically illiterate mind that can't discern. Wait a minute, stop. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Nice try. Get out of my face. God didn't say that. I know what you're doing. I'm on to you. Nice try. But, But think of it this way. And here's the takeaway. It is so important to be solid in the Word of God and the God of the Word. You're immovable. You stand firm. He can't do that to you. He can't get away with that. And not only that, but instead of attracting Him, you repel Him. Here's how I see it, and I know they have clinical terms for this condition. This is the way I think. I picture it like this. The enemy is roaming to and fro, going, you know, searching for, looking for whom and when he can devour a Christian. And so he comes to my address. He goes, no, no, just, don't, don't, don't bother. Don't bother. He's not going to go for it. Hey, we used to get him, you know, back in the day. Not anymore. Not now. Move on. Go to the next address. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, let's get him. Let's get her. You know, it's a low-hanging fruit, as they say it, for a pastor to harp on this, you know. But I got to tell you, I don't know, I'll just speak for myself. I don't know how I would be able to survive, let alone thrive, especially in this day that we're living in, if it weren't for being grounded in the Word of God. I'm telling you, And I don't know moving forward in the days ahead how it's possible. Please know that it's not like God saying, you need to spend more time in the Bible and in prayer. Call yourself a Christian. No, it's not like that at all. In fact, it's the opposite of that. It's more like this. Here's our loving Heavenly Father. Like a loving Apostle Paul to a Timothy. I love you so much. You're not going to make it unless you stand on the Word. You're grounded in the Word. You know the Word. So that when, not if, the enemy comes, you can say, out with you. Get out. What are you even bothering for? You got the wrong address. You pulled the wrong file. It's a loving Heavenly Father saying, I... I can't stand it when I see someone I love so much 
fall prey. Needlessly, unnecessarily, this need not be so. Stand firm in the Word. You get into the Word, the Word gets into you. You're bulletproof. You're bulletproof. And by the way, don't you find it interesting, getting back to the armor, that the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? Oh yeah. You know, in my time with the Lord this last couple of weeks, I spent some time in 1 Samuel 17, one of my favorite places in the Scripture, of course, with all the other places in the Scripture, but it's the account of when David slays the uncircumcised Philistine that defied the armies of the living God. I love that story. I, man, I, can, I can't wait to meet David. I just, what was, what was that like when he started talking smack? You know, when you went out and he's like looking at you going, is this a joke? Is it, where's the cameras? Am I being punked? What's going on here? What are you doing? Go back home. What was that like? I, I, would just, I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel or whatever that was there at the time to see how this thing went down. But it's really interesting. There's a detail that I, I've seen it, I've read it, I've taught it so many times, but it just jumped off the page at me. And it says that David did not have a sword in his hand. So you know what he does? He goes and gets himself one. Oh, how convenient. Goliath has one. We're even told how big it was. I would venture to say when David picked it up, it's kind of like, oh, this thing is huge. He picked up the enemy's sword and took his head off. Oh, the sword, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of, the, word of God, I'm, you know, just, just off with your head, out with you. Isn't that what Jesus did when he was tempted? Oh, you know, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Make no mistake about it. He was physically spent, exhausted, weak, vulnerable. That's when the enemy comes. It's kind of interesting. I think it's recorded in Luke's gospel. After he failed, we're told another very interesting detail in the narrative that Satan left, but would come back at a more optimum time. In other words, that's not the only time Satan tried to tempt Jesus. It's just the one we have recorded. But he was going to wait for another optimum time. In other words, that was the optimum time when Jesus was almost starved to death. Weak. Here comes the enemy. How does Jesus defeat him? Stand against him. The Word of God. The Word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he flees. Resist the devil, and he will flee. How? The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, out with you. The truth of God's Word. 
The third one, I want to get ahead of myself. I want to spend a little bit of time on these last two. It's in verse 8. They reject, oppose, and counterfeit the truth. This is interesting because Paul is referencing the account in Exodus chapter 7, when Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh, and they say, let my people go. And of course we know how (laughs) that ended, not well for Pharaoh. But in chapter 7 we're introduced to these two sorcerers. I use that word specifically because of the prophecy update today. Sorcerers, magicians. These were demon-possessed magicians in the satanic magical arts. And even in Exodus chapter 7, we're not told their names, but Paul, for some reason, somehow, knows who they were and what their names were. Janus and Jabras. Now why, pray tell, would Paul bring them up and into this discussion in warning Timothy? I believe it's because of the subtlety of the counterfeit. Please know that Satan is the master counterfeiter. Satan can counterfeit supernatural signs and wonders. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're told that the Antichrist will perform these miracles in the realm of the supernatural, and Paul refers to them as lying signs and wonders. They're counterfeit. So what's Paul's point? I mean, one has to ask, why would he bring these two men up that opposed and rejected and counterfeited the miracles? I believe it's because that's how you can spot a counterfeiter. Stay with me. The counterfeit validates and authenticates the genuine. You know, it's kind of interesting because these two guys, when the Nile River is turned to blood, they do the same thing, counterfeit. Here's a question. Why don't you turn it back to water? Well, you can't do that. Why can't you? Because it's a counterfeit. Satan cannot create He can only counterfeit. And when he counterfeits, it authenticates and validates the genuine, the authentic. That's why you don't see a counterfeit $70 bill. Because there's no such thing as a genuine $70 bill. That's why you find counterfeit $100 bills. The counterfeit authenticates the genuine. You know, back in the day, when you say back in the day anymore, it's kind of like, how long ago? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but they actually, you know, back when they actually still accepted cash. I don't know if you're anything like me, but it's kind of like you pull cash out and they're like, get thee behind me, Satan. We don't accept that anymore because we want to go to a digital cashless Mark B system. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I had a prophecy update flashback. I'm, I'm back now. But no, that's true, right? You go to the bank. Ask them ask for, you know, $100 bills. 
Well, I'm so sorry, sir. We have a shortage of... No, you don't. Don't tell him like like that. (laughs) Now, can I share Jesus with you? It doesn't work. But, uh, you know, again, that's another topic for another time. But back in the day, I was actually going to make a profound point here. (laughs) Back in the day, they would teach the bank teller to spot counterfeit currency by getting them so familiar with the genuine, counting it, feeling it, touching it, smelling it, getting familiar with it. And when they were so familiar with the genuine, they would slip in a counterfeit, and that teller would like, uh-uh, something doesn't smell quite right with that. Something doesn't quite feel right with that. One of the things I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is never, never, never go against that check that God puts in your spirit. That is His protection to protect you. The counterfeit. I want to read Exodus 7 verses 10 through 12. You'll see why here in a moment. This is the account of this Janus and Jambres who opposed Moses and counterfeited these miracles. We're told verse 10, so Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. How cool is that? But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. What's up with that? What's the big deal? We can do that. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. (laughs) I love it when God does that. That's what God does. Oh, you, you can counterfeit it. Watch this. Can't counterfeit that. What's the takeaway? Oh, God will always have the final word. When it comes to evil, when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to counterfeits, you can be assured without exception, without question, (laughs) that the rod of God will swallow up the counterfeit of the enemy. This last one we'll spend the remainder of our time on in verse 9, and (sighs) it's that they will be exposed publicly for who they really are. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of 2 Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are, if God calls you to something, answer his calling. He's faithful to use you and your giftings to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible. You may even attend church 
But have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be a part of a church. If you're ever in the Kaneohe area, we would love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.